Hola, and welcome to La Receta, a podcast that highlights the hidden stories of Latinx talent across different industries, used to create awareness and inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Miguel Lopez Ixta. Today we are going to be talking with Carly Enriquez, founder of No Alias, a multicultural advertising agency, about her career and her experiences working with artists like Will I Am, Odd Future, and many more. Awesome. All right. So today I'm here with Carly Enriquez, uh, founder of No Alias. Cool. So first of all, um, I'm so happy we connected and it's so humbling and exciting to have someone with all your experience share their story on our podcast. So thank you so, so much for your time and joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be part of your podcast. I think what you're doing for the communities is very inspiring. So thank you for that, Miguel. Um, my name's Carly Enriquez. I'm the founder of No Alias, and it's a multicultural marketing agency that my hope is that it does fill in a void um, for advertisers to become a lot more aware on, you know, diversifying who their consumers are and embracing our communities a bit more. So yeah. that's definitely one of the reasons why I founded No Alias. Um, awesome. I have a background of entertainment. Um, so I worked in entertainment for over 15 years. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much again. Um, cool. So for the podcast, um, it's usually divided into three different parts. Um, the first part is, uh, so your early childhood, maybe family roots. Um, then the second part is um, growing up, maybe going through elementary, middle school, high school, and what that was like for you. Um, and then the third part, um, which is the part where we emphasize the most, um, focus the most, um, is uh, talking about your professional career, um, your journey and experiences, maybe your struggles um, to get to get that got you to where you are now. Um, and then at the end, um, we have a small section called La Receta, um, the recipe, where you basically give people your ingredients or your receta that got you to where you are now. Love it. Um, cool. Um, I guess so like early childhood, um, maybe where your family's from, where you're from. So my family is Salvadorian Colombian. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, which we're very familiar, has a lot of Mexican roots. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have a mixture of a little bit of everything um, in me, which That's is dope. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is pretty cool because our city is so diverse. Um, and even with the food I, I make the at home is is it doesn't compare to now my fiance who's from New York City and is Dominican Puerto Rican. So oh, in our home, that's dope. That's so cool. <laughs> our spice cabinets are beautiful to say the least. That's awesome. Um, I grew up in Hollywood, which is crazy. Um, to say because people usually immediately connect Hollywood to celebrities and, you know, all this craziness. I just think of it as being my childhood. You know, I was mm -hmm. lucky enough to um, go to elementary school in the Hollywood area. So I did have a lot of fun experiences and extracurricular mm -hmm. activities that most people wouldn't have. Like I would go after school 
to TV tapings, you know, of like mm. the OG school uh, show, um, Boy Meets World. You're probably too young for that show, but yeah, it was really cool <laughs> growing up, going to these things. Um, and I think that's where I fell in love with entertainment. I knew that mm. I wanted to work in the world of entertainment, but I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, fast forward to I moved to the San Fernando Valley, uh, became mm. a total valley girl. And I'm not talking like valley girl. I'm talking just a valley girl. It's a whole different scene in the valley. And that's where um, I really fell in love more with uh, radio and music mm. and broadcasting and journalism. Um, I became like a director for my high school and put events together and was part of the prom committee. So I began to understand and, and, and really embrace more of that community leadership, you know, council type yeah. of um, environment. And I knew that I wanted to take that and, and really implement it into my life moving mm -hmm. forward. But at that time, you begin to look around you and, and, and wonder, wow, what Latina is out there? <laughs> what Latina yeah. is out there that can help me create this lane for myself and build this career? And mm -hmm. I was limited on options because I had my parents that were telling me to, after high school, to go to college, get married, have babies, mm -hmm. then work at the bank or become a nurse and have mm. a great 401k plan and call it a day. <laughs> yep. But I did not want that. So I went to Moore Park College and uh -huh. that... Where, where is that? Moore Park College is in Simi Valley, which is deep in the valley. And the reason why I went so far, because most of my friends went to like the local valley college, I mm. left because I wanted to explore more. I wanted mm. to see other communities of people and meet other people because... In the Valley, you know everyone, <laughs> as crazy as, as that sounds. You go to high school with them, then you go to junior college with them. It's, you, then you get married to them. It just, it, it's, it's this thing that just kind of happens. Yeah. So I left to uh, Moore Park College, and it sounds crazy. It's only 30 minutes away from, you know, where I, where I was living. But it felt like a different world. And mm. at that that's where I met my first mentor, you could say, which was my college professor for journalism. And he's the one that would tell me all about internships and mm. I should intern. And I was like, what is an internship? What, what are you is talking an internship? about? <laughs> <laughs> what is an internship? You know, um, oh, so you're, you want me to work for free? Are you crazy? My dad's never going to let me work for free. Yes. My mom's going to think I'm crazy. So I interned. <laughs> I applied for a bunch of internships, um, CBS, NBC. I sent a fax in of my resume because then you would have to fax in your resume. And it was mm -hmm. picked out of the pile for a local radio station, which everyone's familiar now as iHeartMedia. Um mm. And it was for the top 40 radio station, which is KISS FM, which is the station where Ryan Seacrest broadcasts in the morning show. Nice. And Dope. when I started interning, I was part of the street team for five years. And that led into 
other opportunities, which gave me the opportunity to actually be on air. But throughout that time, I did a lot of interviewing. I did a lot of red carpet coverage. Mm. Um, So I stepped into the media world very early on in my career. And I knew that music was something I wanted to stay in. Um, TV never really grabbed me the way that music did or film. It was always music for me. So that's why I stuck around for like 15 years there. Cool. So you started as an intern. How was that? Like the whole experience as an intern, as a Latina, maybe. I'm not sure if there was a lot of other Latinas um, that were interns or that were in that company at the time. How was it for you? Starting at Kiss FM as an intern was everything an internship used to be like, which was all the grimy work, getting the Mm. mail, getting the coffee, getting, like, doing the worst jobs. Um, And then occasionally I would have some perks. Like, they would give us tickets to go watch Jay Leno, you know, do a TV taping. Um, Mm. But it was a lot of hard work for free. It was not a paid internship. (laughs) How are your friend, parents feeling about this? They hated it. <laughs> um, the moment I turned 21, you are then allowed to go work at the nightclubs as part of the radio station promotion. Mm. They hated it because I would come home at one in the morning, midnight. And to them, that was like the worst thing in the world, you know. But I had to do it for myself. Yeah. And... They saw that I wasn't coming home drunk or wasn't coming... Like, I was coming home tired. Like, I wasn't coming home from partying all night. It was literally... It was the grind. <laughs> it was the grind. So they they finally hired me after six months of working for free um, and started at minimum wage. And that was the point of my career where I was like, wow, I'm really getting paid to do something that I love. Mm. When it comes to... What Latinos were in the building, God, none. <laughs> no, there was probably like seven of us. Dang. Some seven. in the programming, some in the street team department, some in like the administration department. Um, we were there, but none of them were on the radio. None of them mm. were on the stages. We were all like behind the scenes. And that yeah. was very obvious at that point, like that becoming a face of something like that was just not a norm, you know, the and way to, that it and, is now. And to think about like how much media consumption, especially radio, um, Latinos have, is crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, because their target demographic is women, Hispanic women ages 24 to 35. Which is crazy. That's their listener at the radio station. But it is what it is. And what I would tell myself is I'm in the building. Now it's up to me to make something happen from here. Now it's up to me to work even harder and show them that I deserve opportunities in the future. Cool. That's dope. So, um, so you got hired on after six months and how much, how much longer were you in the, that position after getting hired on before you started like, you know, really developing and. So I was a street teamer for three years and then I auditioned to be on air and that's Mm. when I was, I was on air for 
another five years. How, how was it being on there? Like for the oh first ever God. time? <laughs> time of my life. I'm not going to complain. Being an on-air personality was incredible. Um, at that time, uh, it was different. It was fun. I feel like people's imagination was still being put to use on like, mm. you know, when they would listen to radio. Now I, everything's just so transparent. Um, so that imagination part of creating scenarios with just an audio conversation on the radio was really cool. And that I also started my career with MTV at that time. So I was doing both, uh, radio and television. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like I a was, lot. Like I told you, my parents needed to see me work and I told them I wanted to work and, these opportunities came and, and, and I was in there, you know, I was in the building. I was part of MTV's uh, first trial at a bilingual channel, which was MTV Tres. Um, yeah, I remember I, that. <laughs> yeah, I was a VJ for their channel. Um, what's, what's that? A video jockey. I love that you don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> a video jockey. So I don't you know. know. DJ? Yeah, I know DJ. So a disc jockey, right? Yep. So a VJ is a video jockey. So that's what they would call them back in the day. And I think mm. my 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 class was the last VJ class of MTV. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of work. I was working a lot and I feel... Like now I'm just exhausted, you know, yeah. and I just, I just, I've been through so much in my, I, w I went through so much in my 20s, so many 20s, so many great opportunities that now uh -huh. all I want to do is like open doors and I see. who's next? Who wants this? Like, okay, go, 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 your turn. Go, go, go. Like I've always just love being able to just open doors for other people. You know, Damn. yeah, that's cool. And um, so you start, so you started getting paid finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were your friends feeling like? <laughs> I was real rich. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to get my own apartment. Yes. Nice. So I was stable financially, but then the Great Depression hit. No, I'm just kidding. No, but <laughs> we did go through a recession in 2008. Yeah, I remember that. Um, which caused my my full time VJ gig to go away, mm. and then everything in the economy just shifted, and even the world, the the way that we were consuming yeah. media shifted, and it was a They're time shifting right now again. <laughs> exactly. So. Us millennials have gone through a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a time of shifting, but I still continue to do TV. Like I, I continue to do TV and radio. I left MTV, went into Fuse TV, did oh, some yeah. stuff with them. So once you become a host, you end up getting opportunities um, pretty frequently, which is nice. Uh, mm -hmm. So I stayed in that in that world for a little bit and then just decided to leave in 20, wow, 2013. I left the radio station. So what was your next move? So streaming started to become a thing, mm -hmm. right? People were like, oh, Apple and iTunes and Spotify. And 
I was coming from just regular broadcasting yeah. and I knew that in order to stay relevant and ahead of the curve and be part of that uh, next, you know, conversation with music and supporting artists, you had to be part of the streaming world. So I left Kiss FM and mm-hmm. I was one of the co-founders of Dash Radio. The founder is DJ Ski. Um, oh, dope. <laughs> yeah, and, and we had a great time. I mean, with my network and his network, we were able to create something very special before Beats One on Apple, before Pandora Radio was a thing, before mm-hmm. all these other, you know, platforms created something. We did something at Dash Radio that was never done before, and I'm very, very proud of it. You know, I launched Odd Future Radio. I worked closely with Tyler, the creator. Uh, we launched Kylie Radio, Kylie Jenner, before she she's before she became a billionaire. We launched. Um, I worked very closely with Puya and and Fat Nick, and I. That's I, so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I launched their. Um, Buffet Boys Radio. So I I worked with all those guys and it was really cool because regular radio, quote unquote, right, was mm-hmm. not supporting their music. Mm-hmm. So they were excited to have a platform to share new music, talk to their fans, get phone calls, get requests. I co-hosted a, a show with Taco from Odd Future called Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> now he's so on, cool. Oh yeah, my god. <laughs> now he's on a show on FX called Dave, you know, like it's it's been so nice to be part of their stories, you know, mm-hmm. at at in in a very in a time where everything was shifting. Um yeah. and the streaming world was getting embraced more. So that was a very exciting time in my career. So it's crazy that you you know we've worked uh, with all these artists and you you were part of something so cool and so dope. I guess as a Latina, like what were you feeling like you know like working with them and like you mentioned you started as an intern and now you're like over here working with all these people. Like what was your feeling like um you know maybe like helping more Latinas get to where you were at at that point? I'll tell you this. I never. I'll be honest with you. I never. When I walk into a room, yes, it's obvious I I'm brown. I I'm I have I speak a different language. I have a beautiful background. My I'm proud of my roots. But it's not the first thing that I set on the table. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't have to make sure everyone knows I'm Latina. Like I don't have to be that person. I just work really really hard wherever yeah. I'm given an opportunity and I think that speaks and opens more doors because yes there's this woman in the room and she, guess what she's latina <laughs> and she's killing it <laughs> and and guess what she's and guess what she speaks spanish too and guess what she represents the demographic we need a check mark next to perfect yeah. so what I've done my entire career was like Yeah, duh, I'm fucking Latina, you know, like Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna quote that. <laughs> yeah, but let me let me work. Let me show you what I could do. 
So being around these people, Mm -hmm. what I learned was gaining their trust. And then they naturally got to know me. And then they naturally got to know more about my background. And then that's just what it was. You know, like it's never been something that, hey, I got to let you know. I'm Latina mm, yeah. and, and my stereo, yes, I'm wearing gold hoops and red lipstick. No, bro, you don't have to do all that. Just let it be. Like your work shows shows them that you are worth any future opportunity, period. I feel that. I feel At that, that time, I, I will tell you, my family still does not know what I do for a living. They'll <laughs> never understand what I do for a living. My grandmother watches Univision and she knows I had a you know I was on TV and I was hosting and she she's till this day at the age of 79 calls me and goes oh why aren't you doing Univision why aren't you on Univision like oh las mujeres you know that are on there I'm like grandmother that's not what I wanted to do that's dang that's dope that's That's not what I wanted to do you know so Back to your question, me being a Latina in the room, working with all these incredible, like all these incredible people, talented people, I didn't, I didn't put that as a priority. It was just Mm. me working. That's dope. That's awesome. What happens next after, um, what what was your next move after, um, you know, after co-founding this, uh, this station? Like what was next for you? The next move, I have friends in the business and I knew that I I met a peak uh, working at Dash Radio. So I decided to move on to the next project, which was TuneIn Radio, which is another streaming platform, radio platform. Um, I was working with talent there. That opportunity then to that led to then working with Will I Am at his Mm. at his tech company. And at his tech companies where I really wanted to shift my career because I had an opportunity to work with a ton of incredible ad agencies. And every time I was in the room, and you know very well these fancy conference rooms because of where you work, (laughs) but I was a client. I was hiring these agencies, you know, so Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of pitches so I could established so I I could become their best friends. I was the one whose ass they were kissing. And every time I would walk (laughs) in... That's so fucking true. You know, like, every time I would walk in, one, there was no one that looked like me. So that's already Mm -hmm. a bad sign. Two, the things that were coming out of their mouth was so ungenuine, so, so um, scripted, so meaningless to what will i am's purpose was and what he put me in charge of and it was an immediate you know reaction to me that i needed to like push away from certain agencies just off of their demeanor and energy that they gave me when i would walk into the room for the presentations so i knew then that i wanted to do something different, um, mm. you know? And I think that's why No Alias was born because I want to be the agency that goes into a room and presents to a client and is honest and mm-hmm. is experienced 
and can validate, you know, having the roots that you're trying to sell for this product, speaking the language, knowing the traditions. Knowing it, yeah, yeah. knowing it. And I'm very proud of that. Working in general market, which is what I've been doing for so long, I've, I've mm -hmm. never worked at Univision. Um, I've, I've gotten a really good understanding and, and balance on what people want. Yeah. So after being with Will for almost a year and a half, Mm -hmm. I, I made the jump to leave and start my own agency. That's fast. That's really fast, right? Like yeah. A year and a half. Yeah, and it's scary, but you have to do things that make you happy. And I just mm. felt that collecting a check, you know, was, I was not happy. I was not happy and life's too short. Yeah. Dang. All right, cool. Well, I think for me, this is probably going to be the most interesting The whole process of you, like, beginning, you know, like, your own agency. How did you start, you know, like, how did you start looking for business? How did you start connecting with people? Um, who did you reach out to when you were starting it? Um, what was all that process like? I've made mistakes. So it's been like graduating school, getting your master's, and then erasing everything and starting back at your junior college because I don't have anyone guiding me aside from like friends mm. that work at agencies or friends that are in power in certain positions at certain corporate yeah. companies. And you have to do your work. So right now I'm doing my work. I'm taking okay. courses online. I'm developing my own capabilities deck. I'm figuring out Photoshop on my own. Mm. You know, it starts with the basics. And I think aside from the many mistakes that do happen when you start your agency, um, the best advice that I could give today during this beautiful pandemic we're going through <laughs> is that choose wisely on the people that you want to work with and do your research on each person before co-signing them. Because mm. we all have big hearts and we all want to help everybody out. But sometimes people's intentions aren't always in the right place. Yeah. And when you're a small business owner, you have to be very protective of where you are donating your time and energy to. So I think mm. that's one of the the best things that has helped me lock in the right pitch and and lock in the right partnership with with these companies I work with is me genuinely wanting to work with these brands. Like I'm I don't want to work with 500 brands. I'll tell you that right now. I want to keep my agency as boutique as possible. That's dope. That's so fucking dope. But really keep it We're, we're so passionate about like each client that we're working with and we want to continue to be innovative with them and work with them and win with them. I mean, to me personally, that's my goal. So mm. I definitely think that it's, it's been a difficult 
we just celebrated our one year and by we it's me my project manager that I've had for a year or two years she was my intern first then became a project manager we celebrated with a zoom call because we're in this pandemic so it's been a very uh interesting time to be a small business owner dang well I'm so happy that you're pushing for this and I think for me like when you said you know like not just collecting my check, like doing something that, you know, makes me happy. Um, that's so inspiring and so and, and awesome um, that you're, even though, like you said, that you, you basically had to start from the beginning again, but it's something that you're passionate about. Um, I'm just happy we connected. And actually, so um, for the people that are, that are going to be listening, um, so the way that I initially um, heard about you was actually at Ad Color um, last year, 2019, um, at the Ad Color conference, and um, Carly was actually one of the panelists on it. And you know, like through the conversation that they were having, like I was just so inspired, but you know, about what she was saying and her be- her like being the own founder of her own um, ad agency um, was so cool to me. I was like, I gotta have her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared of not scared. I was I was fearing that panel a little bit um, because everyone one it was the first Latinx panel at Ad Color, which is insane. To the incredible people I was on the panel with, oh. <laughs> and I'm over here think I always like to go into panel conversations as candid as possible. I don't mm. have memorized quotes like I don't have you know um one-liners you know I don't have any elevation speech (laughs) no I don't have any of that so never expect that from me um but that was such a great experience I'm glad that you were in the room for that yeah it was was awesome it's super cool um that was actually my first ad color and I was so happy that they actually had a latinx panel yeah Hopefully, I can keep going doing more. Yes! <laughs> uh, so, the last um, part of the podcast, like I said, is La Receta, um, the recipe. Um, so, you know, if you want to give the ingredients that go into your, your recipe um, that got you to where you are now. Wow. Um, let's see. La Receta to my current um success and failures mm-hmm. would be to be optimist mm. you know being optimistic is very important uh be loyal being loyal to those that have been true to you throughout your career uh is very very important and it only comes with rewards mm. And I think the last thing I would put in my recipe is, um, (laughs) what would it be? Loyalty, optimism, uh, and honestly, just love what you're doing. I think love is is, is the root of everything that can make you succeed to your best abilities. If you come into something with, love in your heart and 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 authenticity you will win awesome thank you so so much um and again thank you for sharing your story um this podcast you know i'm i'm trying i'm just trying to share as much of the different stories that um you know that different professionals have because there might be like you know like 
maybe a Carly listening, a little Carly listening <laughs> to, you know, and now she has someone, you know, that, that she's able to look up to. Um, so, yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Miguel, for doing this. And I really do hope we, we do get to, you know, get to the ears of a little Carly or yep. a young Carlo <laughs> out there. Um, but yeah, that's the point. We need to continue uplifting our community with the resources that we have and what you're doing is incredible. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Um, and yeah, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Yes! Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. La Receta is produced by myself, Miguel Lopezista. Sarita Wesley and Lucy Dwyer from Wyden and Kennedy. Sound editing by Natalie Hazenga for Joint Editorial.